0: We are back here on our podcast channel. Thank you again. Um, we have an amazing guest today. I'm super super excited to introduce her. She is a Christian writer, dating expert, certified life coach and a wife. It's Miss Lori Beth. How are you doing today?
1: I'm doing great. Thank you so much for having me. How are you?
0: We're good. We're good. We're so honored to have you here on our channel and just hear your insight on so many other topics for the Christian dating. Um, And I'm so excited to hear and I follow her Instagram guys. It's amazing. She does motivational posts all the time and it's really helpful to me and insightful to me. And we just love to hear what, you know, she has to say about all these things. So we're just going to get right into it. Um, The first thing is we wanted to ask you how to like set up helpful and healthy the boundaries when dating. Um, like if you meet a guy, I don't know, um, at Starbucks or something, um, what what would you say in terms of the boundaries setting that up? Like, is it too soon to come over? When is the right time dating and asking the important questions just to get your expertise on that?
1: Yeah, I think that's a great question, first of all. And I think um the answer can be different based on a few things. So um sometimes the guy is just really slowly wanting to get to know you even on maybe like a friendship level. And I think there's nothing wrong with that. Maybe you're just a little bit interested, but you're not sure if it's going to be a relationship or serious and you're just, you know, gathering, who is this person, you know, and do I enjoy spending time with them? And I feel like in that sense, it's good to just do things that you both like to do. And a lot of that I would recommend is like public things because you don't really know them yet. Right. So you want to be, Careful, you want to be smart. Um, things like going for a walk, going for a hike, going out to eat, like, you know, um, a day somewhere just like fun together, I think is good. Um, I would say like things like coming over, you want to save that until you really build trust with that person and truly know like what they're about, who they are, their background, and things like that. Because for instance, women, we have to be careful. You know, um, we just have to protect ourselves and just be smart. So um, I would say, like, even um, when I when my husband and I were in the dating phase, like our first dates were just like fun, like bowling and stuff. And I feel like the coming over part didn't even really come until we were like a little more seriously interested in each other and like, okay, I know I really like you. He really likes me. We kind of see something going on here. Okay, now, you know, now we can kind of come over and meet whoever and and do that. But I would say like keep it Informal, public, and just fun at first.
0: Yeah. That's really interesting because I feel like so many people I know, like, it's so easy. Like, they'll text the guy or whatever and be like, hey, do you want to just do like a movie night? And it's always like straight to like come over first. Mm -hmm. It's like, what about dating or, you know, like you said, taking your time and doing something fun? And like, I've even heard a perspective from a guy say, well, how do I know I want to spend money on you or something like that? Which is odd to think about or say, right, to someone, but for some reason they have that you know, perspective, like, well, I have to see if I want to spend money instead of, you know, taking those steps to get to know you in a public setting, like you said. But that I feel like the Netflix, do you think that kind of like sets people back if they start from just Netflix and just chilling, like right there from the beginning? Because now it's like you're stuck in that space and they don't want to go out because they're comfortable already. Is that like, would you say like that's how it is?
1: Yeah, I I think it's, it's kind of backwards. Like, I feel like, Kind of like I said, like that whole hanging out at home, you know, we didn't do that until we were like serious with each other. And I feel like you, you know, even like if a man would say, I don't know if I want to spend money on you, but for a woman, we could say, well, I don't know if I'm comfortable enough with you to like, let you in my space to see where yeah. I live. You know, like that's my space. That's personal. Um, and it's, you know, and when you're dating, it's like, you are going to spend money on that person. It's just. It's like, okay. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> So it's like, you kind of have to know that's the way, you know, if you're going to like someone by spending time with them. But I feel like people need to have like good organic conversations and let's say it's quickly like, come over and watch a movie with me. Well, we're just sitting there watching a movie. Like where's the organic conversation coming, you know, that comes when you're face to face, not just like sitting side by side. Mm -hmm. So when you, um, create those opportunities to just be more intentional of like yeah let 's meet at a coffee, a coffee shop, let's meet at a cafe and just have a conversation, and no, like um, can I trust you? am I comfortable with you and just keep it like I say keep it public because temptation comes right away, especially when you 're in closed doors with just the other person, and that 's something that can really ruin a relationship right away, actually because it can become physical quickly, it can become only um, you like the way they make you feel. You like the way they look. You like being close to them physically. But do you even know that person yet? And that's what a good relationship is founded on: it's friendship and really like knowing that person. So definitely, like the next, like sensual should not be what, what people lead with in in dating. No. Yeah, it's completely backwards. Um,
2: so, Lori, do you what? So, when you and your husband, and you don't have to say, you know, you guys specifically, but in general terms, um, when you guys did reach the stage of allowing each other in um, each other's space in your homes, what were the boundaries set then?
1: So, the boundaries were basically like I lived with, I didn't live alone, I had roommates. So it was always like somebody was around in the house. <laughs> we were never really alone. Um, um, He lived with his parents and it was the same thing. Like they were around. Um, It was, we were both grown. You know, he was living with his parents to save money and stuff like that. I was living with roommates because it's really expensive where I live. So, you know, I wanted to save money too, but it wasn't ever like, we're gonna just be alone all the time here, like sleeping in each other's bed, or you know, that kind of thing. It was like you're gonna come over and, yeah, we're gonna watch a movie on the couch, or we're gonna hang out and talk. We're gonna cook dinner together, um, and stuff like that. Like that wasn't like, it wasn't like strategically. Like let's be alone late at night when no one's around and watch a movie and lay all on the couch and then sleeping. Like you know, it wasn't rises, like that. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. Okay. okay,
2: so when, okay, so when there are two people that are um, attracted to one another and, but they have different views on waiting until marriage, do you think that they are able to come to a common ground or, um, like, Or do you think that it's just exile? Like they don't even need to even be in the same space because they have different views. Like one probably doesn't think they have to wait completely until marriage. Maybe they feel like they can wait some months or even a year or so, while the other feels like they have to wait until marriage. So
1: what do you think about that? I think it can be really tough to date someone with different views on that. I think a lot of times it just doesn't work or the person who has the desire to wait until marriage usually ends up compromising because it's just very hard because the other person just has that expectation of like, well, we're not going to wait. And people um, have so many different views of dating and it depends on like, what are your values? What's your relationship with God? Like, how seriously do you take um, like sex? Do you understand what it is, what it's for, what it's really about? Because I know, and some people have the view of, well, we're just going to date and we're going to have sex. That's an expectation. You're, And then we're going to get in a relationship. Well, you're my girlfriend. That's what I expect from you. And mm-hmm. maybe they see that as that's love. That's to me, that's love. That's being exclusive. While the other person was like, you know, well, I love you. But to me, love is you're going to wait for me until you ask me to be your wife. And in those two people, I feel like they'll always have some kind of friction, some type of There'll always be like something like a tug of war of like what's really right here. And in my experience, and in just other people I know, it's just so hard to hold that value of waiting to marriage when you're with someone who just doesn't want to. And I'm not saying that person can't ever change. Like if that person is willing to change, and maybe they come into the relationship of, you know what, this was my mindset, but. You want to wait till marriage? Maybe I'm going to change my mindset. Maybe I am going to respect you enough to do that. And that can totally happen. That happens too. But if you're like dating a guy and you see like he's expecting that from you and in your mind, you're like, maybe he'll change, maybe he'll change. And he doesn't, that's really going to lead to heartbreak. (laughs) So I would say like, ideally you want someone who holds your values and it just makes it so much more peaceful in the
0: relationship okay that's that's a good point, um because you already go into it like knowing you disagree on certain like values, so mm-hmm. with that, let's say you go into it, and then let's say they started off like on like he said they were having sex, you know, and let's say she comes to epiphany, like you know what, I've been going to church, you know, and you know, I changed my mind, and I just want to go into the celibacy route. And then the guy's like, wait, what are you talking about? Like, um, we've been doing this. So you think you're about to stop, you know? So it's like, how does that work? Because it's like, okay, you want to better yourself. Or maybe someone wants to do that to, you know, grow strong with their, with their relationship with God or, you know, just strengthen their mind. Or I know some people, they just do fast, you know, all the time. And now with the fast, it could be three months. It could be until like marriage. Now they're like, hey, we have to cut that physical part of the relationship off. So where do we go from, from here? Because it's like, are you willing to comply or are we going to have problems? Like, how do you go about that?
1: I think there's a couple of ways to go about it. Like, there might be a time of just separation to figure out, like, is it right for us to continue? Because sometimes the other person really will change, but it takes a while. But, you know, in that sense, it's good to like, let's say for the person who did decide, I got closer to God and I don't want to have sex anymore and you're making that decision to be firm in that decision and pray for that other person that the Lord lays that on their heart as well. But if that person is like, you know what, no, that I'm not about that, like at all. And that's a problem. Then that's a risk. You know, that's a risk that you have to decide. Is it worth it to continue? Um, Knowing that this still is probably going to be a big temptation for me. If I've decided to say no, he still wants to do this. Like, and now a lot of girls find themselves in that situation and it's really, really hard. And in that sense, sometimes if that person, that man is really not feeling your decision, you might need to separate and just really rethink like, okay, is this the kind of relationship I want to be in? You know, is this what's right for me right now? Um, taking a break is good. And then if you take that break and you're praying, the Lord will put in your heart what to do if it's time to just let go and walk away because there's someone else that is going to be willing to appreciate what you're bringing and what you're saying like that guy who's probably annoyed by that decision well there's another guy who's going to love that decision and desire that and also has made that decision and like god knows where that other person is so i think a lot of ladies find themselves in that choice they have a hard time letting go out of fear out of thinking like well i love this guy i don't want to let him go like what if I'm going to be single forever. What if I don't find anyone that's good as him? But it's like, you have to trust God. Like he honors you that you're trying to honor him and he sees that. So it's like, he has other men of God who have those values. Um, I found myself in that situation, like many years ago when I was in my twenties, you know, I was with a man who was just like, you know, we're in the relationship. We're going to have sex, like whatever. And I just, felt so bad about it. And the Lord just kept bothering my heart. And he was just like, you have to walk away. Like, cause he's never going to change. And he's just holding you back so much. So it was very painful, but I let him go. And I'm glad because it was years later, but years later when God led me to my husband, he was that man who was all about purity, waiting on the Lord, respecting me. And like, that's what I needed. (laughs) But I had to let go of the compromising And for God to bless me with a better person, basically.
0: Yeah, yeah. It's like the fear of the unknown is so like, oh, it just gets you. And people are so used to like, you know, what they're set in and change is always like uncomfortable. Right. And I feel like people just stick to what they know instead of taking that leap. And seeing what God has for them and um, it's interesting you said that about your boyfriend because like my friend she was trying to do we're gonna do it together um, and she was in the relationship at the time and she felt like to a degree I guess the guy was like she felt like he was gonna cheat on her if she did it so she like gave into the pressure and you know, gave him what he wanted, but the end result, it was like he cheated anyway. So it's like that was just a part of his personality or his characteristics in general, I feel like. So it's like she kinda of put herself on the back seat or what she wanted to do for God in the back seat, um, for him to think he would stay or be faithful when in turn the same outcome came um so it's just it's like uh it's the unknown right but it's like so so hard to take the leap but i'm glad you said that because like it's worth it in the end Mm -hmm. it might not be quick i feel like i think we like are in a society where we want immediate gratification all the time so it's like hard but um thank you because that really helps um with that
2: 2023 we're not wasting our time
0: okay <laughs> <laughs> not wasting <Bye>. our time. <laughs> oh my gosh and like I said I was single and single now and so just diving into that like your blog I really like thriving in your single season um can you speak on that because I know myself I like suffer from like loneliness sometimes and it's like dang it's like Ooh, should I like you know hang out with a guy? Cause I really like you know it's it's easier said than done sometimes. I feel like right, but it's like being human. You kind of want that interaction or want that affection, and I think that's really hard for me because like I'm sitting in my house and like I really I would like to have a guy over, you know. But also, you know, if I find the guy, I see the right guy, if temptation going to lead to something else, so it's like. Can you speak on that? Because I know dealing with loneliness is something really, really hard for me personally.
1: So, yeah, I have a blog about singleness and just thriving. And it's about like how what I did when I was single to try to thrive and and what I did in those lonely moments, too. That's in my other blog post about loneliness. But it's good. Um, I like to encourage single women in that sense because I remember exactly what that's like. Just being home, even on a weekend night and wishing you had a date or wishing you had someone and, just maybe feeling tempted to reach out to an ex or someone to just kind of waste your time just because you want attention. And I felt like when those times come, sometimes I did give into the temptation and it just was a big waste of time, like total waste of time. Didn't feel good. And I felt like um, on this one night in particular that I did feel just so lonely Um, and I reached out to like an ex, like talked to him on the phone. I I just felt like it was such a stupid choice. And I remember getting off the phone and I was like, you know what? I'm just going to read my Bible. I'm just going to read my Bible. I'm just going to see. And I remember I opened up to Ephesians six, you know, about the armor of God and standing firm in the evil day when you get attacked. And in that moment, I really felt God showing me like, you've been attacked today. Like there's been such a temptation in you to reach out to that guy that you know you shouldn't be talking to. You know, I took him out of your life for a reason, but I just want you to spend time with me. Like, just get in the word, spend time with me. Like, I'm what you need today when you feel alone. And that was hard, but I was like, okay. So I just kept reading the Bible that night, but I just prayed. And I felt like I was being tested. I felt like it was just a test of like, um, you can go the easy route and you can go to temptation, but you know where that's going to lead. Or you can do it's hard and you can say no to your flesh and you can just be hungry for God and run after God and just believe like he's going to satisfy you. He, His word, you know, it says to come to him. He's the living water. His water never runs dry for us. So it's like he's so much better than that guy um, that's not even a good guy for you. You know, it's just a temporary fix, temporary attention, temporary makes me feel good. But then it's leading me astray. So what's the point? And I felt like in those times when I was single, when I did resist temptation and just got closer to God, um, I became stronger. I became a much stronger believer. I began to understand the word better. I began to be stronger in my prayer life, in my prayer closet. I saw the Lord begin to use me in different ways to help others. I started to learn what gifts of ministry he put in my heart. And it was literally just during those times of just saying no to temptation and saying yes to God, just little by little being on the process. And I feel like, yeah, those feelings would still come, but it's like, you have a choice of what are you going to do with those feelings, you know? And so for me, that's how I thrived at being a single was continuously letting those times of temptations draw me close to Jesus, but also just, um, taking like control over my thoughts and being like, this doesn't have to be like a crappy time of life. Like this could be a time of joy. This could be a time of satisfaction in thriving in my friendships, thriving in my career, thriving in the church, thriving in maybe mentoring young girls that I see that also seem lonely and tempted. Maybe I can help them, you know, and just asking the Lord, like, what do you want me to do right now when I'm single? Um, Being single doesn't have to be a time of just desiring a relationship and being sad that you're not in one. Like it can be a beautiful time if you're intentional, just asking God, like, what do you want me to do with this singleness? Because you're only in that season for X amount of time. Like once you get married, that you don't get that season back. You don't. So it's like you want to flourish. You want to find where can I have joy right now? Is it in serving others? Is it in learning more about myself? Is it in spending time with family? You know, what do I need to do that makes me feel alive and a lot of in that post what I read was like do what brings you joy like where do you feel alive is it with family go spend time with family when you feel alone is it taking a painting class okay go take a painting class when you feel lonely like go do something that's going to be a better outlet for you instead of just like soaking in your loneliness (laughs) so I think singleness can be beautiful (laughs) you know and yeah Thank you. So, yeah, I, I'm like miserable.
2: Like, oh yeah, yeah. Laurie. I <laughs> completely agree with what you said. I did go on a celibacy celibacy journey myself, and um, in that journey, I felt very grounded. Uh, I felt very like I was getting closer to God because that was my purpose, and um, and I also felt like other people saw that in me too. Um, and then also just. I enjoy, and I I enjoyed and I still enjoy just that time to myself, like pouring into yourself, um, like you said, into your career, just self-care, anything, um, like you said, family, uh, friends, just, or just yourself in general. Like we take, we spend so much time trying to please other people, trying to, you know, do things for other people. And we forget to like, really just pour into ourselves and I don't think uh, a lot of us don't really know what that really means
0: and we're back you know minor setback major comeback you know okay so um we were just talking about dealing with loneliness in your blog and finding joy in other aspects of life and I know Kayla was talking about that and saying when she went on her journey right for celibacy Mm -hmm. she did find a lot of joy and just was very productive Um, um And I know you wanted to dive into the next question. We yeah. do everything right. And it's a different, you know, outcome. You can. Well, when you do
2: follow that path um, and you're taking those right steps and you find somebody that's doing those steps as well. And you guys feel that God has sent um, you for each other. So, um, for an example, mm-hmm. uh, Megan Good and, uh, Devin Franklin now. Um, yeah. So they were like, you know, in the public eye, they were everyone's, uh, you know, inspiration yeah. or people idolized them because they were this Christian couple and they did it the right way. And they made, you know, they wrote a whole book. And um, I bought the book, I read the yeah, book, yeah. I, you know, <laughs> and it was very, delightful, very convincing, very, you know, but then now they, you know, they announced that they have gotten a divorce and we're just wondering like, okay, so I guess some people are kind of feeling a little discouraged mm-hmm. because it's like, um, was it God that sent? them for each other as her husband and uh, as his wife or uh, was it mistaken was because I know that God puts people in our lives um, for a reason for a lesson um, for our growth um, so not necessarily them having to you know be there for a lifetime sometimes they're just there for a lesson and then they're supposed to just go so how how do we? Like, you know, I'm just confused about the whole thing.
1: <laughs> and and it was sad, you know, to see that, too. It's always sad to see Christians divorce. But I mean, even especially a couple that's in the public eye and has a book, you know, I have that book, too. I still do. Um, I think it still has great um, advice in it um, and good perspectives to learn. But, yeah, we saw something fell apart there. And I think there's so much to think about. Like, the first thing is free will. So the fact is, maybe that really was a God-ordained marriage. But the thing is, we really don't know what happened, you know, Uh, rightfully so. It's private. So who knows what really took place there? But um, God does give us free will to turn away from something that actually is from him. that to say he's not going to force you to stay in that season? He's not going to force you to keep a blessing he has for you. Um, he will let you walk away if you really, really want to. And I think perhaps that may have been what happened. And that may be what happens in a lot of marriages. And the thing is marriage is very difficult. You know, even in the Corinthians, Paul says that, uh, many troubles will come on to married people. That's why he even says, um, he was single and he even says it's better to be single, (laughs) you know, because the married people will face many troubles of course, we know every person faces many troubles. We live in a broken world. None of us are exempt from problems, trials, temptations, and hardships. But um, what happens when two people get married is you take those vows before God, and it's supposed to be till death to his part. And it's up to those two people to honor those vows no matter what happens. Um, but I think what's happening in our society with celebrities and non-celebrities and you know separation, divorces, People aren't really honoring those vows. A lot of the times it's, you know, I just don't feel like I love you anymore. Or, you know, I just don't feel like how I used to in the relationship. And being tempted to walk away instead of working out the problem is working out the problem is, is hard. And sometimes it's very painful. We also know that the devil attacks marriages, especially godly marriages. So there's a lot of spiritual warfare. There's a lot of putting a thought in one spouse's mind um, that's completely um, to attack the other spouse, that stuff happens and it gets really ugly. And marriage is very complex. It's a gift from God, it's beautiful, but it's very complex as well. That's why we have marriage counselors, we have trauma therapists, we have so many things because even when you get married, things from your past that maybe you thought you were free of can come up in your marriage. And you're like, Oh, Whoa, I didn't know this bothered me. I don't know. This was still an area I was hurting. And it comes to the marriage and it's up to you to like, what am I going to do about it? Um, am I going to kind of go into like a toxic behavior type of thing? Or am I going to try to get help and healing from God? And I don't know everyone's story. I don't know what happened with Devon and Megan, but I do know, you know, like you said, a lot of us Christians are looking at them like, wow, how did they fall apart? But we have to know, you know, our hope is in the Lord. Um, He is the only one that's perfect. He's the only one that's never going to let us down. And in a lot of ways, we have to have that perspective of, even if I do get married, to know that this man will fail me. He cannot meet every expectation. He cannot fill every void in my heart. He is not going to do everything right. He is still a man. Even a Christian man, even a strong man is still a man with some kind of sin in his life. So I feel like that goes a lot into, like, what makes a marriage work? Two people have to serve each other and understand we're both fallen. We both have sin in our lives. Um, We need to lean on the Lord no matter what to make this work. And it's sad that it, it doesn't always work. But I think still we have to hold on to the hope and not just look at that and think, um, maybe like, oh, you know what? Maybe it's not a good idea to be married. Or you know what? If they couldn't do it, maybe I can't do it. No, just because that happened to them doesn't mean that's going to happen to you. I know people in my church that have been married, my gosh, 50 years. And it's they have a beautiful union. They are serving the Lord. They are serving one another. Um, and it's people like that in your maybe your own church, your own community, to have them mentor you and ask them, how do you keep your marriage alive? Like, what's the secret you guys do? So for every marriage that has failed, there's ones that are succeeding and they have succeeded and they're continuing to succeed. I would say those are the people you want to talk to them, find out what's going on, um, connect with them and pray that when it's time for you to be married, that God's going to keep his hand on your marriage. And as long as you put the Lord first, whatever happens, you're not going to lose because you have him in your heart. and He's the only one that's going to satisfy all your needs. A man do that. Thank you, Jesus. (laughs) My um, my tambourine. (laughs) (laughs)
2: Um, I want to know, before you got married and before you even met your husband, what was your husband prayer, Lori? Did you have a a husband prayer? Did you (laughs) pray for your husband and how how you wanted him to be? What was your husband
1: prayer? So basically, like, it was a, a long time that I had thought of, like, what kind of man do I want to be with? And I remember when I was in, like, my 20s, I felt like I wrote it in a notebook. Like, I wanted him to have this. I wanted him to be athletic. I wanted him to be a teacher. I wanted him to be a man who loves the word of God. I wanted him to be a man who was um, would love my family. That was a big one because my family can be difficult. Um, they can be challenging <laughs> to be around. So, my prayer was like, Lord, I I need a man who's going to be patient with my family members because there's some stuff going on there. And when you're married, you marry into that family too. So, I thought of that. Like, I just want peace. You know, Lord, give me a man who knows how to talk to people well, um, patient, not easily angered, you know, um, smart, intelligent, always, always wanting to learn those were like my basic, my basic things. I felt like I probably had more, but I kind of let them go. Cause I'm like, what are the most important things here? Um, I did pray physically. I know not everyone does that. And some people find that's very superficial. And I totally get that because I have friends that they're like, it doesn't matter what their culture is or what they look like, like let go of that. But I prayed for a certain type. And that's exactly what God brought to me.
2: <laughs> okay. <laughs> we're yeah. to be, but we're supposed to be specific in our prayers.
1: So yeah. yeah. So there you it, go. it worked for me. It, and like I said, there's testimonies of people that they're like, no, I didn't focus on that. Or I, I let that go and I got someone else. And that's okay. That's who God had for them. So that's great. But that was in my 20s. And I feel like I got discouraged because I really didn't see that happening. I really didn't. Um, I didn't meet my husband until I was 30. So that was like, it was long and it was hard. But I know um, when I did meet him, I saw things I was praying for. I saw that he literally is athletic. He literally is a teacher. He literally is patient with my family. And I'm like, he has a lot of qualities I have specifically been praying for. Like, wow. Um, So that was my prayer. I also... So when I turned 30 and I was single at that time, I also fasted for that time. And the only reason I did that was because I felt God told me to do that. It had never come into my mind before to fast for that reason. And that wasn't the only reason I was fasting. It's because I turned 30 and I recognized there were so many areas of my life that needed improvement. There was a lot of unmet uh, goals I had that I felt frustrated by. And I felt the Lord just telling me like, what do you want me to do in your life this year? You know, write it down and pray over it, but don't only pray fast, take it a step further. So that's what I did. And I, that year, um, I met my husband that year and that was the first time I decided to fast for all these things. But I, I wrote in that notebook, meet my husband this year, literally wrote it down and I really felt the Holy Spirit like agreeing with me. Like, yeah, that's actually what I want for you too. Um, let's take this seriously. Let's fast about this. Because in another um, area, the thing is, marriage does not really run in my family. You know, I come from a family of a lot of single moms. I also come from parents who were divorced. I come from a family where I have older siblings that are still unmarried in older age. So I felt like it was a war. Of like, I want to be married. I'm a woman of God. I'm serving the Lord. He hasn't come yet. It's been such a struggle for me. What's going on? And I felt like the Lord was like, you have to fast. Like, you actually have to take this seriously this year. And I want you to fast. And I did. And it wasn't like right away. It was like, I think I fasted in February and I met him in like November. But that was how it happened for me Um, personally, you know. We're all different, but that's just how the Lord dealt with me in that area.
0: The power of fasting is so real. It's so real because you're being intentional about what you're doing. So um, I love that. And you know what? I'm glad that you brought that up. I feel like I've been seeing Jeremiah twenty nine eleven. Like from the beginning of this year, I've just been seeing it. I got in a birthday card. My birthday is January fifth, and it was in that card. Like I have the plan for the plans I have for you, not to hurt you, but for you to succeed. I've been seeing that everywhere. So I think that's it, twenty twenty three. Um, that verse. And so yeah, um. But yeah, I would say like the um, the battle of the flesh and the spirit is so hard. It's an ongoing battle. And when she said too. Um, He's gonna have imperfections because he's still a man. So, um, yeah, that really resonated with me. Um, So yeah, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm.
2: all right, Lori, is there anything else you would like to share with us, or just you know, give the listeners any insight, any
1: advice? Yeah, I would just say probably the same as before, like you know, um, pray to the Lord like about what kind of man he has for you and don't settle for a guy who doesn't have your values i think the most important thing that i had to recognize like the moment that i was like i'm not budging on this anymore you know date anyone who's going to challenge these values i need someone who i'm going to have peace with that honors these values we're both heading in the same direction we both want to please the lord And that's what God wants for you. So I just wanted to say that to anyone listening, because I know it's very common for women to lower their standards and settle. And, you know, God's going to honor your heart, your obedience toward him. He's going to honor your decision to be pure. So do not give that up for a guy just because of what he says to you, how he makes you feel like God has the best for you. Even if you don't see anything happening right now, He's working behind the scenes. Um, Our job as believers is to walk by faith, not by sight. So don't believe that just because nothing's happening now that you need to go force yourself in a relationship. Wait on the Lord. Build that beautiful relationship with God. Get intimate with God. And he's going to make you strong so that when you're ready to be a wife, he's going to bring you that good man and um, Some things that I also try to tell women is just like in your single season, as you build yourself stronger in the Lord, that's going to make you a better wife. Because when you get married, that man is going to need you to fight in prayer for him sometimes. He's going to need you to quote God's word with him when he has a bad day at work, when he's getting spiritually attacked, when things are going wrong. You are his prayer warrior. You are his neck. You are his support. And when you are single and you are strong in the Lord, like that's a gift to give to your husband. So don't just waste the season trying to go out on like 50 dates and like be distracted, <laughs> like get focused on the Lord and just pray and trust. He's going to bring you a godly man. Thank you so much. You know, I took a lot
2: from our conversation. I'm sure Alexis did too. Mm-hmm. Um so yeah, uh is there anywhere our listeners can reach
1: you? Yes, and anything find you're you on any platforms too. you yeah. have. Yeah, so on Instagram, I'm on uh, my name there is Lori B turner underscore. So um, I also have a blog. I also have a coaching website, Lori com. So if women won't need one on one coaching for like Maybe you just got out of a relationship or you want to find your purpose, your passions, and you need help. You need accountability um, or help in purity, uh, help in singleness. Um, that is something that I've started and I'm excited about. Um, so definitely working on just coaching women and continuing to write blogs. So definitely Instagram would be the best way to find me. Right. All right. Well, any last
0: thoughts, Alexis? Um, well, for me, like I said, I just gathered so much, like Michaela said, um, and, um, it was really helpful because I feel like my mind, I'm more like just, if I do this, this, this is the result I get, right? So, like, I like that you pointed out that he's going to have imperfections and it's going to be some hardships that'll come along. Because I'm thinking in my head, kind of like with the Megan situation, like, okay, I did this right, I did this right, so don't I, like, shouldn't I get this? But it's like, it doesn't always go the way you think it's going to go or the hardships aren't going to be as present so I think that really helped me and it resonated with me like it's still going to be you know some trials or tribulations after you know the I do so I really 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 took from that
2: and anything that we know anything in life that's worth having is hard work so
0: absolutely any other last thoughts for you
1: Lori? Um, no, I like what you said. Anything worth having is hard work. That love, definitely hold on to that because that's what marriage is. And that's what sometimes singleness is, but it's worth it. The both seasons are worth it and and God is good. So
0: yes, yes,
2: yes. All the time, all 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 the time. (laughs) All right. Well, thank you so much. We'll let you go. And thank you for being patient and kind with us and yes we enjoyed our conversation
0: with you
1: thank you so much Lori. thank you for having me on i appreciate
0: you both thanks thank all you. right all right bye so Lori beth is officially off so um i took a lot from it when you say michaela i took a lot from the conversation um very eye-opening to other subjects um And my final thoughts, I mean, are just it's so many different things she touched on Mm -hmm. um, with the whole like I think I've talked a little bit about it, the whole like, you know, expectation because it's like if I do this. Here's my mind. This is how my mind works. I'm starting to get mad. If I do this, if I do this for this amount of years and this, I'm expecting this. I'm going to get really mad if I don't get that. But it doesn't work like that all the time. You know? Um, That's a big thing for me because it's like I really have the expectation. Like if I do what I'm supposed to do, I want that. You know? So you think that man should be that man. And he needs to no, be
2: no. doing everything
0: Alexis is <laughs> Well, no, wait, like, wait. I say everything I say, no. well, you sound controlling. Like, if you
1: don't know It's
0: not like I'm good enough. So he's
2: better, he forgot to take the trash out. It's 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 on now. Yeah. <laughs> um,
0: no, not trash. You know what I'm saying? Okay. Like, it's like, okay, like I'll say, like, if I do this, if I do that, and I'm honoring God, I'm doing what supposed mm-hmm. to I'm gonna be really mad if you cheat on me. Like yeah. really mad. Mm-hmm. And my reaction, you know, will be blank so i'm gonna leave it like that but those are valid uh reactions like yeah yeah because it's like you do all that work and then it's like you still get the same you know outcome Mm -hmm. and and so it's like for me like i have so many thoughts i overthink too so it's like god like what happened like i thought i did it right Mm -hmm. so why did you do that yeah but i like how she touched on well they're still gonna have imperfections and Mm -hmm. i'm gonna have imperfections Mm -hmm. so you know we gotta work through that you know yeah of course um what i took from it was
2: uh the really the whole thing was great um but just her self-journey you know when she we were talking about her being in her loneliness yes um and yeah really just pulling yourself away and um, focusing on yourself when you pour that energy into yourself that energy is going to come out and then things are going to come to you mm-hmm. so that's what um I loved about what she said um and then um yeah
0: you know what I thought about though I didn't I forgot to bring this up but I thought of gorilla yeah. the rapper rapper because I' <laughs> like how did you get rid that oh because um when she talked about fasting fasting has so much power so um Lorilla she made a post saying that um for three months she fasted she actually she was like she didn't talk to no guys she didn't drink she didn't go out she kind of just like you said did what she wanted to do and she and her friend they committed to it i want michaela to do it with me guys convince her to do it I went on my um, syllabus. Like, you know, me and
2: God, we good. We good. Um, yes, but he favors me. Okay.
0: But we can do it again. But I after, again. Again. But after when that, my time comes. <laughs> the time is now. That's what I'm saying. See, God told me to tell you. Look at it. How it's working. it. <laughs> It's going like this. Um, I got to so, hear, gotta hear myself. <laughs> McKenna, you can't pick <laughs> a true segment <safety laughs> of your guys. <laughs> like, but I'll say that, um. oh yeah, she fasted for three months, and like she like just cut the guys off, cut this off, cut the drinking off, and she's like, let's see what happens. Do you know, after she did that, literally FNF, I'm not going to say it, but you know what song we're talking about, it blew up. Mm-hmm. Like, literally when she got off the fast, like two weeks later... I think she got off, like, end of March, and then like, April, I can't remember the exact timeline, but like, literally, she said, that song blew up. So, you never know what you can get and what God has in store for you Mm -hmm. if you just dedicate time to Him. It's crazy, because we all have 24 hours, right? You think about it, you have 24 hours, you go to work, you do this, you do that, you do your hobbies, you do that. And it's like, dang, we can't give God, like, maybe, like, an hour or something. Even five minutes. Yeah, yeah. It's like, if you add it up, if you pray, like, five minutes a day, like, you're you're giving Him, what, like, 30 minutes for the week? Like, we can Mm -hmm. do that you know think
2: about it like that well yeah. i with me i mean i'm always praying throughout my day yeah. like even like if i for an example if i um a car like slammed on their brakes now i got to slam on my brakes like i'm like thank you lord jesus for the you know like i'm just like just different things i'm praying like i always pray over my food i always pray just anything and um Like, when I was on my journey, and like I said, I felt like I was walking a little lighter. I felt like I was more grounded. And um, when I told her, I felt like other people saw that in me. I think I told you the story as well, but um, a lady uh, that was trying to help me... a counselor at IU. Mm-hmm. Um, she was trying to help me like just kind of guide my path through careers.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: And, um, she like closed the door she was like, I'm not supposed to do this, but mm-hmm. uh, I want to ask you. Um, she was like, uh, do you believe in God? And mm-hmm. I was I like, yeah, I do. Mm-hmm. And then she, she literally told me, she was like, I see him in you. Like, I could see it in you, and that me- that meant so much to me, because I was on that journey, and it just, it meant so much to me. Like, I remember her face. I remember her for that, um, and yeah, it, it's, 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 it really is worth um, taking that time off.
0: Yeah, no, I love that story when you told it to me. I loved it so much. It was so inspirational. So when you first told the story to me, I was like, that's so beautiful. I was like, let's do it again. Let's go on the journey again. (laughs) She's like, yeah, no. I'm not not doing it. (laughs) She said no. So I was like, wait, you just said all these good factors about it. And then she don't want to do it again. She's like, well, not right
2: now. I'm Not tonight. But yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Now I
0: can tell y'all. Now do it. (laughs) do as I say, not as I do, right? At that point. Yeah. I mean, people go through pregnancy, I mean, they, you know, they say it was beautiful, and I don't
2: want to do it again. Yeah, you know. <laughs> <laughs> there you go! <laughs> That's funny. No, I would definitely do it again. Um, <laughs> I gotta stop me, motherfuckers.
0: <laughs> oh my gosh! Are you gonna cut that off? <laughs>
2: <laughs> Guys! I'm just kidding. I don't just, you don't be out
0: here. I'm just saying. <laughs> Oh, you know what? Keep it in. It's real. It's real. All right. Keep it, real. Keep it true. Um, okay. Well, thanks again, you guys, for listening and hopefully relating. I mean, okay. That's a wrap. Yeah.